Hello and welcome to The Girlfriends. I'm Whitney Lasky and I'm here with my girlfriend, Shauna Montgomery. Hi guys, how are, are you? We're missing Shelly MacArthur. Boo. Yeah, not good. Shelly is in uh, preparation for her big show coming up in Chicago on Valentine's Day, Thursday, February 14th at the Murphy Auditorium. Uh, if you're anywhere near the Chicago area, we really would love to meet you and um, encourage you to come and really just, she is a tremendous talent. Uh, Shauna and I were at the rehearsal yesterday and what did you think? Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was so uplifting. Um, I just, I'm so proud of her, I can't tell you. As her sister, I, I remember her singing, you know, just around the house all the time. And, you know, she's had 13 years of classical music training, which has been her gift. And I've always wanted her to get back to her singing. Believe me, if I had a voice like that, I would be using it because I truly think it's a gift. And I have to hand it to her just for the fact that she has stayed plugged along with this. Yeah, I mean, who in anything, you know, to, to you know, be a middle person of middle age, I guess we should say, even though I don't like saying that. Um, it's like you're over, you know, to be over 30 and try something new or pursue a dream or a passion, you know, that's not like really encouraged in our society. And I think she has really, I mean, she's made it her craft. She really has. And for the listeners out there, we decided yesterday, for all of you that are listening to us on a weekly basis, um, go into our website, which is www.girlfriendschatatwordpress.com. Yeah, and let us know because we're giving our listeners a discount on the tickets. So let us know if you want to come with your special person or your mom or your daughter. It is an ageless type of performance. You know what I thought was really cool about it? I Don't like, give away too much, though. I like the way that she blends um, some standards with her, you know, opera stuff. I mean, it really... I just felt like it really kind of it's it morphed you know how you kind of That's take right. you know you take one song and you put it with another song that it necessarily might not go with and then it makes something different That's and unique right. about the it message evolves. Yeah. yeah I just thought it was great um, can you tell I sound like a total man I'm so <laughs> double ear infections from hockey hockey rink ear infection I think oh, well, just to close up on Shelley's show I do have to say for her to hit those high C's is incredible Amazing. And that can only happen when she is in good voice. Well, look at look at somebody like Barbara Streisand. Remember the last time the three of us went to go see her? Yes. She's not hitting it. No. I mean, you look at so, any of these people who had these incredible ranges and, you know, and to have this and, and, and have it be, she sounds like she's a 30-year-old singer. I mean, she really does. So when we were at the rehearsal yesterday, um, we went through the lineup and... You know, which is a tricky thing because as an artist, you know, Shelley's main concern is telling a story. And, you know, it's interesting to me because when I go to a concert of some sort, I don't really listen about the whole story from front to end. Right. I listen to a singular song. Right. But she's really looking at the total picture, which I think is awesome. Yeah, the beginning, middle, and end. And I think with this show... Um, she is, you know, it's called What Is This Thing Called Love, which, as you know from the beginning, I didn't like that as a title. I, think, I like it now, don't you? you know, um, I like it better now. You know, you I know the songs she's putting Because I it. know the songs, but what I do like about, you know, it being a question is that I think it 
makes you explore makes it. Makes you think, you know, what, what is, is it? it? What to you, what is it? What does it mean to you? What is what is this thing called love? And what? it's different for and everybody. And it's different for everybody. And I thought, oh, you know, it really, when I heard that song yesterday, the way she interpreted it and the arrangements, oh, so, I, I just thought I mean, I had, and believe me, I've heard my sister a thousand and one times, boring, but I had chills, and I get chills every time. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's heartfelt. I mean, I think singers, when they go through pain, enough pain, and if you look at your really huge performers, that have, you know, whether it be divorce, death, you know, things that happen in their family, their trials and tribulations with drugs or alcohol. I think the more pain you go through well, that's in relationships and just <coughs> the more passion yeah. that comes out in your voice. I think that's with anything, though. Honestly, I mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, life experience, what, you know, you bring your life experience to anything and that brings a certain wisdom to it, you know. Um, like you and I, so would, what took you know, us so? Our, I mean, I don't know. You might have been way beyond this, but I'm just beginning to get all that. I mean, you know what? The first story I thought of, and I, I agree with you. The, this story just came to my head um, when I was at Goodman School of Drama at DePaul. Um, Bella Itkin, who her her father, you know, founded the Russian Art Theater, and um, she would always say, "All right, you, class, you must feel it in your sex. You must feel it in your sex." And like. One of, the, one of the early, um, you know, because first year you don't get to speak, you know, when you go to theater school. So you, one of the exercises is drinking a cup of coffee, a pretend cup right, of coffee, improv. taking a shower, and she could, she could always say who she knew would be a good actor or not by how they took a shower. Because the actor would take a shower exactly like you take a shower, you know. The person who wasn't really an actor and who had that third eye looking down at themselves wouldn't touch their private parts in front of a class, wouldn't, you know. Right. And I always thought because everything comes down to the rhythm and everything comes down to sex. I mean, the rhythm of life, the, the life cycle, the, you know. And I used to think like, wow, I, I bet I'll be a great actor one day when I'm not a virgin. Because I thought... <laughs> Here I am, right? I'm I'm 18 years old, and you know I'm a I'm a first year student, and I'm a virgin, and this is going to make me a bad actor because I'm a virgin. Damn well, it. you know it, it's funny because I think artists in whatever form it may be, um, you have kind of an endorphin high that takes off, and just us sitting there and listening to Shelley's whole lineup of songs, there was a good five songs that I had chills. Oh yeah, and I felt a movement through my soul. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said that about your drama class because I studied with Second City and we did a lot of improvisational work. And what we would do is, in the class, everybody would grab arms and we'd walk in a big, huge circle very slowly. And then somebody would get in the middle and tell a story hmm. and act it out, and you could speak. So my thing was. I stood, and I don't know why I did this. I was just, you know, you don't, you never know what you're going to do. But I knew right. I had to go to the, the drama side of it instead of the funny, because that just wasn't my thing at the time. And I went. Hard into, to imagine. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Very difficult um, to imagine. I went in and I said, I just have to express this, and I don't know how to tell everybody this, but I had a very difficult. And I went into this whole rape scenario that somebody, I was walking down the street from the grocery store with a bag of groceries in my hand, 
and it was dark and wow, the street really lights extreme. were kind of twinkling and I went through this whole thing about I felt and everyone can go into that feeling of I think I'm being followed but I'm not sure but you don't want to turn around and look right. anyway I went through this whole thing long exercise not to bore you but was there that like creepy music did that start to come off no but afterwards I felt in me I had like the stir like this is happening I got him I'm there this is what you know you get that feeling as an actor yes. or anything and then I went back in line and I heard people say did that really happen to her is she is she so I knew I got that whole thing. Right. So last night at Shelley's um, rehearsal, I felt she was hitting all of her notes really well, and she wasn't really belting it out. Yeah, there's like a technical aspect, but then there's that other aspect, which is being in the moment and being so in the moment that you're not even aware of it till you walk off stage. That's right. That's the high of it. Yeah. So anyway, listeners, I walked in today, and I don't know where you guys are, but there's all sorts of funky weather around. My uh, girlfriend's out skiing in Colorado, and, I mean, they have no snow. None. None. You know, here is a, a day that's really gloomy. But I said, Whitney and I are producing the show, so we were wearing a lot of hats. Um, we're doing Shelley's lineup. We juggle, we wear hats. We're doing, we're helping with the lighting, we're helping with the seating, we're helping with the orchestra, we're helping with the, the rhythm, we're, we're helping styling. with, we're styling, which is the most fun because we get to pick out the dresses and see what songs work with what. But I said, I just walked in and I, I said to our producer, Jeffrey and Whitney, I said, our main thing is we've got to keep Shelly healthy. Yeah. You know, one day it's 19 degrees and we're wearing hats and scarves and, you know, today it's 61 degrees and this is major flu, major wow. sore throat weather. I, I got from my son, my eight-year-old uh, eight son's uh, teacher today that, um, you know, thank you so much for your note, you know, thanking me for supporting, you know, Brad and um, I was just thinking that, That's nice, you know, since Brett has been um, out of school for 24 days oh. this year, I thought maybe, you know, you and me and his um, learning disability teacher and then the school counselor, we should have a meeting on Thursday. So, you know, I, because I know the politics, I know how this stuff works. So I'm like, oh, great idea. Thank you. Yeah. You know, see you Thursday at 1230. And then I send the email and I'm like, now I'm flipping out. Like, what the heck? You know, he was out of school, you know, for, for two weeks of school because he had the flu. Well, let's talk about this flu epidemic because it's been throughout so the country. So now I'm thinking, like, what the heck? The school shrank? I mean, what's going on here? Here, there's so many different strains that are going around. The respiratory, it starts with the sore throat, the respiratory. All I can say to you is I haven't gotten it, but I have been just pushing vitamin C every day, the little chewable tablets. Yeah, my hands are just raw from the last month and a half of just washing my hands constantly. Because oh, so everyone in my house had it. You know, now well, I, I've been uh, flying on those airplanes and talk about Oh, I got a tip, I heard. Oh, tell me. Um, my uh, housekeeper's uh, daughter is a colonel in the Marines, and she said they tell them to swab the inside of their noses with Neosporin before you get on the plane. And then blow your nose when you get off the plane, and you'll never get sick. Really, I've never heard of that, but yeah. I could see how that I'm gonna that try would work. It. Yeah, you know, it's one thing, but you just can't. You, 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 they got the headrests. I mean, oh, it's all gross when you think about it. You know, and you're just breathing in that air, and the person, you know, they're coughing, and, and that's farting. Where, that's where you mostly get it from is through the cough. 
oh yeah, that stuff, your bacteria is spewing out at like, you know, 600 miles an hour over a surface area of, you know, 20 feet. Well, this is really what has helped our household. And no, my kids haven't gotten it, and neither has my husband. My husband, I give the, he started to get the flu. He is bionic, though. He's a pusher. But anyway, I give him the Alka-Seltzer, and I think that, that fizz, for some people, it doesn't work. For him, it's great. I, what the what is Alka-Seltzer made out of anyway? But that is good stuff. I took a friend of mine who uh, teaches Hebrew at, at Sinai. It was her birthday, and she's a huge I Love Lucy fan. So we went to go see I Love Lucy the other night, and... I always hated Lucy. Like I, I, I hated. I, there was just something about her that. Oh, I love. I love Lucy. Yeah, oh, I Ricardo. know. I know. I'm gonna go to heck for. I'm going to hell for saying it. But I just I always Lucy. found that. Wah, wah, you know, I don't know. It was just never for me. But um, she knew every line to every song to every single, and you know, cool. and what they did, the way they, I like the way they structured the play. They made it like the theater was like you were there, like a live audience would be, you know, watching. Desi and Lucy and um, you know they had one you know in the interim like when the, there's a set change or a costume change they would have commercials like they had you know see the USA and yeah. you know stuff like that well they had an Alka-Seltzer one and I thought Alka-Seltzer's been around, it's been around for, around for long forever time. so what is it made of it's I mean it's got to be some kind of sodium thing it's a sodium tablet but I think the the thing that's it's different oxygen Right into your bloodstream, right? Because but I, I think the fact, and I don't know, but I'm just guessing here. This is an assumption. Um, I think the fact that it has carbonation in it, and you're drinking it because through the bottom of your tongue, if you ever look in the mirror underneath your tongue, you have a lot of those veins. Right. That takes absorbs it and goes right it's into like your system. It's like oxygenating your bloodstream or something. Yeah, and it really. Helps. I mean, I don't. I, it could be. I mean, look, who thought that baby you know aspirin you, could save your life? Listen, you know? you know what you got me on, which uh -oh. is incredible. Oh, Jägermeister? What? <laughs> no, not the Jägermeister. <laughs> yeah, that too. The official shot of the Olympics. Yeah, what? that too. <laughs> um, is the gummy bears. So now my kids have the vitamin C gummy bears and the vitamins. So I go home and I pop because I don't want to be, I'm trying to get off sugar because I don't, but I think, oh, it's a vitamin C. make the sugar-free ones, but let me tell you, if you want a good colonic, have some sugar-free gummy bears. Oh, really? Oh my God. I don't know what it is. Just insane with the sugar-free gummy bears. Are you serious? Total, I mean, crazy, so be careful. Meanwhile, I, I need to have a colonic. You're listening to webtalkradio.net and we're going to switch over here. So I'm just, what do you think, I, I just got to ask you, what do you think the teachers, I mean, it's like, oh, now I'm, now I'm back like to that. freaking out. Why? No, what they're going to do is they're going to sit down to you and they're going to tell you because it's like any school, they don't want and they can't, they can't let a kid miss 24 days of school. I'll tell you the reason why. Somebody will come up and want to take a trip, their kid, away. Oh. and travel to the Bahamas well, for a family I mean, vacation, and they can easily say, well, Brett Lasky missed school for 24 days. So what God is my judge in heaven. This kid has, has missed four days of school for hockey, and the rest has been from being sick. Well, and here's he how I would present that. Because he has learning disabilities every single day. I would walk into that meeting and be so happy because saying, I'm so glad you guys called this because I was going to call all of you. I'd have a cup. I'd have a doctor's note, and say I've been so concerned about Brett. Fall into kill him with kindness. Well, the thing is, that's why I sent him the note of thank you for your support because 
when Brett was sick, I was going every day and picking up his work, and we were That's reading good. ahead, and you know. That's good. Um, and just say it's been a struggle, but you know we've tried to keep keep Brett up on all of his homework. Um, but this with this flu and blah blah blah, and see what they have to say. Now, what they may say is just Mrs. Lasky. We do want you to understand that it is our school policy that over such and such days you cannot relieve your child from school. So, and they may say he might have to do a summer school program. I don't know. What do you care? You're here in the summer. Well, first, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, I think because he's had you know homes. You know he has a tutor every day. He I know he does. Yeah, I know he he's has had, a tutor every day well, during the week. Yeah. Oh my God, that must cost you a fortune. Um, it's ridiculous. But here's the thing. You know he has auditory learning issues. And okay, tell me what those are. Um, that is language processing, auditory learning issues. Um, like if I gave you directions like, okay, class, um, pick up your book and turn to chapter six, paragraph two. Um, you know, raise your hand if you want to read paragraph two. Brett would have lost you at okay, class. He can't process all the words. All the information. All the so information. if you said to Brett, Brett, get your jacket on, get your hat, coat, and don't forget to get your gloves, and it Gone. would confuse him. Lost. Yeah. Now it's so common. A lot. You know what? And I'm. They didn't know that in our day. No, of course not. Um, you know. And I think. Now, how did you find out that he had this? Well, it started because I was an old mom when you know I, I found out I was pregnant with him, and you know I'm sure that that plays into it somehow. But um, really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you know, and it's not just the mother. It's I've read all sorts of studies now that say that the older the father, too, that plays into it, which they never knew before. Um, uh, but uh, like he was the kind of baby that, you know, if you would hold, go to hold his finger, you know, like he wouldn't he grasp your finger. You know how you put your finger right. or thumb on a baby's palm and they right. grasp it. He didn't do that. Or you go to hug somebody and automatically your reflex is to hug back, right? He wouldn't do that. Now, did you think he, that might have been some form of autism at first? Yeah, I, I felt like he's very sensitive to light, um, especially overhead light. Um, my older son, you know, we could take him to, you know, the middle of, you know, a right. circus and put him in the middle rink and, you know, at the day he was born and he'd be fine. You know, we'd take him to this, you know, watch basketball games, fine. Um, with my little one, you know, doesn't like going to birthday parties. Um, doesn't like going out to restaurants. You know, he's very affected by sound. And, you know, they say that he will, you know, eventually grow out of it. But You might want to put him, he could be really great playing an instrument if he's he, sensitive to that because he might have a, a natural knack of... He definitely has, um, a, he, there's no doubt that he loves music. I don't know... Um, I've asked him because we have a piano in our house and he'll go sit down and try to play it. You know, and, but Brett is also like, he's like my husband. He can't do something unless he's the maestro of it the second he does it. Right. So, you know, Brett has to like be the best at it and then he'll show you he can do it. You know, it was like Brett ice skating. I will never forget this. I would, I had to like carry him or ice skate while I'm holding him on, on the rink. He wouldn't take one of those little things that bars. the kids hold the yeah, bars, the wouldn't, do it, wouldn't do it. And then, you know, he wants to play hockey, he wants to play hockey. I'm like, sweetie, you, so, don't even, you don't even ice skate. What do you mean you want to play hockey? So did you have him tested through the school's advice, or did you just go ahead and have him tested on different 
Uh, well, first of all, the, we both know incredible woman, uh, Mary Ellen Christie. And she said there's something here, you know. Um, he's not, he didn't speak. No, he was very shy, didn't talk, wasn't really, you know, it was like, it was just... And detached. It, and for me, detached, exactly. And for me, I felt horrible because I felt like, oh my gosh, this is a surprise kid. And, you know, maybe it's something that I've transmitted to him that he's not wanted or, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, it was just, I felt horrible about it. But Mary Ellen said, you know, you need to start spending more time with him. And that's when I quit a bunch of the boards that I had been on. And, you know, she's like, it's, I'm telling you, when I see kids grow up, the kids whose moms come pick them up at least twice a week turn out to be totally different than the kids whose moms never show up to pick them up from school. Because the information and the bonding you create in that car Right. In just that short frame That's of time. That's so true. I thought that was really great advice. And then she sent us to, um, you know, a specialist. And, um, you know, they... See, yeah. I think that that's early detection is great because I had, did the same thing with my daughter and I didn't really know this. She would get so frustrated in the beginning, like, let's say with math, early. I'm talking third grade math. And it's hard for me. Then I went in. Third grade math is still hard for me. I had really, I had, I had Knox tested just to do it when he well, was because, like in fifth grade. You know and I thought, why I not had have Blake tested as well? Because you know what? It really does give you information about your learning style. You know, are you a yes, visual learner? Yes, are it you, does. You know, and that's a good thing to know. I mean, I think very useful tool. Well, like with Meredith, what I did is, and it, it's kind of the, it's not really the same thing. Um, Meredith can read something and she can retrieve the information she can retain the information but for her to get it to say it down on paper it, it's difficult okay so, so same thing as breath yeah and then you just have to really everything's methodical mm -hmm. I color-coded things mm -hmm. when she read she has to read her directions and she knows what she has to do now she has to read her directions a couple times through to really let it sink in. For her tests, it's mandatory that it's repetition, repetition, repetition. You have to sit in, you know, by the teacher um, with Brett, like they made uh, visual cues for him. Like if he you know, pulled on his ear um, so the teacher would know that he was struggling because he didn't even want to raise his hand because he was so embarrassed. That's right. And um, the science teacher, when Brett was in first grade, he's in third grade now, the science teacher, I guess, was pretty tough on him, you know, you know, like, pay attention, pay attention. And, you know, Brett was paying attention, but you get one teacher like that, and then all of a sudden, A, you hate science, and B, you don't want to go to school because and, and you get called and out that, and you look like an idiot. And that's so bad for their self-esteem. Yeah. So I kept bad. saying to Meredith through this time, Meredith, you know what? I don't care. I just want you to put 100% into this. And if you have to go over it, you know, three and four times, let's do it. And, you know, she had tutors, too, and she had to leave class. And, you know, she was fine with her tutoring. So tutoring is all, like, really great. But I do have to say this. For those people that have their, their nannies out there, I finally let our nanny go after Meredith got into seventh grade. I hated to do it, but I felt that... There was, was it that no, it wasn't was even seven. No, it, wasn't it was fifth seven. grade. I was going to say, I, it was. Early. But I felt Meredith wasn't doing things on her own because she had this wonderful bodyguard with right. her all the time. And no, Constant oh, Meredith, pal. oh, no, 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 my, my, you know, this is what we'll do. And I felt 
she needed to break out now and have her own independence because I felt that that would be good for her self-confidence and her self-esteem because she didn't know if she could do it because she was never let to do it. Sure. So finally, that, that was very helpful to her. And, you know, she got out and, you know, all is good. And but, the other, I mean, you know, but for every, you know, it's like comedy and tragedy. For every down thing, you know, I think God gives you a good thing, you know. And I, right. in, in Brett's case, you know, he's a hockey goalie and nothing gets by him. No. Nothing. He's very organized. He's really, really athletic. Like I think way Brett is more. a really visual. But I think, yes, very visual. Because but he I think walked... that's because, you know, he's got this learning disability and then you compensate in other ways. So he's like a little magpie. If he sees something one time, and that could, it could be very complicated. I've seen him in hockey camp where they do these drills, and he'll be the first one in line, and I'll be thinking, like, oh, no, please, God, why did he have to be the first one in line? And they'll do, you know, jump over the, you know, the barrel and then go between the hoops and, and go in the And he can copy it. Boom. Can total, one, you know, can totally copy it. See, that's so good. Um, what was I going to say about the, uh, oh, the other thing is with Meredith that I found, once I let her out on her own, it, it, it built, it built, oh, the one thing that you don't want to have happen is to have your child shut down out of whether it's frustration. Right. If they Once feel weird or different them, or... see them shut down, you got to go step by step to bring them back up because that's going to haunt them forever. That's going to hit their, their self-worth. It's going to hit their self-esteem. I'm not good in this. I'm not good in that. Who cares? I don't I'm care stupid. anymore. Let's smoke pot. I'm you know, stupid. I don't they read just go as down. good as that. You know, and you got to catch them when they're right yeah. there. And that's one thing that, you know, in my house, I'm like, what did you just say? We don't use that word. Anyway. Because everybody's got something, you know. The challenge is that, you know, it is a competitive world. These schools are competitive. And, um, you know, it's, it, you know, keeping up with the standards, you know, in my day, I think you learned to read in first grade. Now it's like first day of kindergarten, you better be reading. Oh, absolutely. You better be potty trained when you're two or you're not going to preschool. You know, it's it's a different world. You know, it is a different world. Well, and sometimes I feel like I'm, well, I feel like I'm out of it now, but I'm kind of caught in between doing this with my kids. My kids are now in high school, so it's lessened with my kids, but now I feel like I'm taking care of my parents. Yes. So you're in to taking care, and you're wedged in between. It's kind of our generation that's sandwiched into, and you know, goes back to what you were saying before too. And I, I, you know, definitely feel like I'm just now starting to come into my own. You know, I am too. I mean, what took us so long? Well, I know for me, it's it's fear, it's insecurity, it's like major. You know, it, it's you know, it's insecurity, and always feeling like whatever I did wasn't good enough. You know, and and I think. You know, the apple rolls not so far from the tree. You know, for my parents coming from their circumstances, you know, their way of getting out of the way they grew up was to go to college and work their butts off. And, you know, so there Ignore was... Ignore the situation and stuff it. And, yeah, well, yeah, roll it under the rug and you keep moving and forward. And don't talk about it. <laughs> and definitely don't talk about it. You're listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. Um, so, you know, I feel like a lot of that, you know, I really, and I've been open about it, you know, I didn't really come to terms with that, you know, in my own life until about four years ago when I quit drinking. And I really didn't drink that much. It wasn't until it, it kind of escalated, you know, um, the last eight years, nine years, ten years. But prior to that, um, I, I really had it under control. But I can see now, in retrospect, 
you think that my you behavior has always been, you know, I've always had that alcoholic behavior. It's all or nothing, black or white. Well, Patterson. Well, I have to tell you, um, girlfriends out there that are listening, um, Shelly, Whitney, and I have all been on this cleanse, the Zri cleanse, which, by the way, is a very easy, easy Easiest cleanse. Easiest one to I've do. ever done. And it kind of jump starts if you you want to get on a really good diet. I mean, for me, it has. And what I've done now is we did the cleanse for seven days. I'm feeling really good. I'm eating right. I did the shakes. You take the little pills. And I haven't had any alcohol. And I'm kind of liking this, not the drinking. Way it's, the, the way it's packaged, too, just, you know, high five to three. It's really easy. You know, Very it's a easy. big blister pack. It's not like a little tiny thing that you have to pop out and breaks all over. And if you're interested it says in AM and PM, right? Super easy to, it's, to follow. It's it's a detox for dummies because I mean it, it's like right now, there. Did you find but it was easier because we did it together, or could you have done um, it on your own? I could have done it on my own, but I think it's more fun when you have a kind of a buddy system. See, I could not have. I can't do that on my own. I have to have somebody that's doing it so that I won't fall off of it. It keeps me accountable. But I think it also was, you know, it was at a good time that we all did it. Because we it's knew. It's a new year. Yeah, and it's a new year and you kind of want to clean your system up. we ate a lot of, out. you know, fried clams. And but if you're interested in doing the detox, you can go to zri.com and go in. They've got so many different things, but you can go in. It's the detox, the Zri detox. Oh, and I'm addicted to that oil, too. The oil was great. I don't know what that well, is. Well, I told you the is story. It, is it flaxseed oil or is it no fish it's oil? Not, it's no, a it's not flaxseed, it? but it's it's a combination. But it my skin looks better from it. Mine too. I'm I, and it tastes very to me. It tastes lemony. Um, I love it. I mean, I really. But let like me get it. back to the drinking thing because I want now that it's I, I need to. I am feeling really good on this. Well, and, you look really good. And I you know mean, what? I, go, I look, I don't have my open pores on my face from my martinis and red wine and whatever. I'm, and puffiness. And puffiness. My face is... There's just a out. whole clarity about Here's you three things. beautiful. I mean, Here's three really great, great things. One, it's easy. For, you know, alcohol, when you're drinking alcohol, you, there's a, a tiredness the next day that you feel. Yeah. And, you know, when you're into that whole cycle of drinking a lot, you don't really notice that you're tired. At least I don't because I've got a lot of energy. But, yes, you do. But I know now that I feel so much better. My skin looks better. And I actually, I have to tell you, I can actually carry on conversations when I'm at these parties and remember what people have said to me. <laughs> Which is actually a good and a bad thing. But. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, whatever. But And the booze breath that's coming off these people, it's just... Oh, you become oh. like a vampire. I can smell when someone's had one glass of wine a mile away. Oh. But isn't, you know, you're right... Carry the, breath mints for those winos out there. you got to carry some breath spray or breath mints or gum or something because it's... You're right at the place where I was when I decided to go to outpatient at Hazleton. I was three weeks in... I had just binged. I just had a huge birthday binge for absolutely no reason. And, you know, my husband was like, you know, do we need to have a conversation about this? Because it was like three days in a row where I was just, Oh, you know, I didn't even think Jerry even said anything to you. Yeah, he just, he would say, do, you know, do we have to have a conversation? About, and I would just ignore him, of course, because if Jerry says black, I say white. And it, I told you, it wasn't until my son Blake said, you know, Mom, you have to stop. Like, it really would be, it would mean a lot to me if you would stop. So that's when I realized, like, wow, my kid's in eighth grade. He's going to be a freshman in high school, and i got to start walking my talk. You know? Well, I have to say the one thing, after going through the cleanse and being on with alcohol-free, is it decreased my appetite. 
Oh yeah. Because of your sugar level. I told you if you, you know, I told you this when you started, you know, alcohol metabolizes like sugar. Sugar turns into fat, you know, fat turns into cancer, you know, you, you know, have no idea how many empty, stupid calories. It's not even just about the calories, but it's about how you're damaging your system by putting that alcohol in your body. I mean, it's just, especially for women, it's just not a good thing. So let me ask you this. Okay, so you're at the three-week mark, so now you're thinking, like, feeling really good, because there's, like, peaks and valleys, well, ebbs I, and flows of this. I'm kind of scaring myself, because well, I'm thinking... Well, you're in the euphoria thing of, like, I'm doing it, I'm doing yeah, it, Yeah, and I'm it's not it. like I had to hibernate. It, it's like I've gone out, I've gone to parties, and I've had my Pellegrino and stuff like this, and you have to understand, listeners, that, I mean, this is a girl that, you know, could drink two martinis and, you know... A two? Good, a, a good, you know, two bottles of wine. But yeah, I can't see. That's the thing that just blows me away because when I first quit, I just I couldn't even go to a party. I went to someone's fiftieth birthday party in Aspen, and I could only like stay for an hour. I think it's because I depleted my. I'm a white wine drinker, and I think I depleted my body of the sugar, so I'm not craving the sugar, and I think that has a lot to do with it because. It's really it decreased my appetite. I'm eating really well. Now, if I were drinking, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to do a burger and fries. Right, because the next day you eat crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you're always hungry. I'm not well, like you're dehydrated. That. So that's been my real claim to fame that I'm really digging this because I, I'm, I'm determined to take these uh, 10 pounds off. So I, I'm, it's slowly well, you already look like you lost 10 pounds. You Thank you. Have you gotten on a scale yet? No. Oh, I'm scared you... to get on a scale because, you know, then I'm going to be. I'm the exact but same. now, because of the compulsive way that I am, it's all or none. I'm thinking, ooh, do I even go back to like one little, little, little glass of wine? Or does that mean, is that going to open up the door where I'm going to go, party, let's just go? I don't know. I think that it's different for everyone, obviously, but I know for me, there was that little voice that said, you know, no, you really do need to stop. I, I, I can't just do, I'm not, I can't just have one glass of champagne. I have to have the whole bottle. That's just how I am. But the funny part of it is, um, the white wine, I don't even miss the white wine. Well, I can't even think of drinking glass Think about of white it wine. this way. When all these events we go to, it's not like they're pouring, you know, I'm some just... great white wine. They're pouring crap, you know. That's right. So, A, when you go to all these events, you don't need to be drinking that stuff. You know, if you're going to have a, if they're, you know, you're at a dinner party and they're going to serve great wine, well, yeah, then drink it. But if you're, you know... If you're, you know, at, at all these things that we go to, it's not like it's good wine either. And then, girlfriends, Whitney made me take off all my estrogen patches. I said, Girl Scout, I had, you, you strip off those patches right now. You were, like, patched up, like, yeah, unbelievable. Well, because of up. the whole menopause thing, I was putting on, you know, hormones, and I was taking a progesterone at night, and I had an estrogen patch, and then I was doing testosterone just for the fun of it because that's supposed to increase your sex drive. But, and so I was doing all this, and Whitney came in and said, you got to get rid of your badges, girl. No, it was when we when uh, we were trying on clothes at Neiman's, and I was like, what the fuck yeah. do you have all over you? I mean, you looked like you had, you know, gotten every badge from the little sunshine girls. I mean, it was, and, and you know, I went through the same thing, you know, where, you know, you go to these doctors, and it's always well, like. What was your line that you said, it's better to be. Oh, I'd much rather be a skinny bitch than a, a, a fat, happy girl. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I would rather be mean and thin well, see, than be happy and fat. So that's why my substitution for the Pellegrino, I'm not putting this weight back on. 
I am not doing it. It's too hard to get off at this day and age, and I can't do it. I used to be able to whip my body in shape in two weeks, and that's no, just well, not happening. It doesn't happen anymore. But our metab you know, your metabolism slows. But back to the drinking thing, because I think this is interesting. I remember um, Blake saying, you're not even going to drink champagne on my wedding. And now I can answer that, because I'm almost at four years of not drinking. It's a process. Are you Shana? sure? Four years. I don't. Yeah, it'll be four years in May. Oh my word! Congratulations. Um, That's great. But it's a process, and it is a day. You know, you have to take it one day at a time. Sometimes you have to take it one minute at a time. Um, but it is a process. What happens after the euphoric period is that then the kinds of things that triggered why you drank start to come up, and you have to start to deal with that. And you know, that's just you start to like see your demons and look them right in the eye. And, you know, instead of me just kind of like going off in Whitneyville in my head, I had to really look at myself and go like, okay, I'm getting way too old to not put my best foot forward anymore because I'm afraid and I'm insecure. And I, I, have, to, I have to keep going. And some days it's easier than others. Well, you know? whatever we do, we have to do it now. And I can't be wasting hours sitting around tables talking about, you know, what well, he said, she said, and downing all my bottles of wine. And or Jeffrey's coming to our event and he's like bummed out because he's like, you girls aren't going to drink. I wanted to come and have fun. <laughs> you know, there's a time for it in your life and then there's a time when like, you know. Well, my know, whole thing, the way living I started to excess on this is because I wanted to, to stop. I wanted to fit into a really fabulous dress that I bought for Shelly's event. So this is how the whole thing started. By the way, go out, shop, sales are on, everything's like 80% off and January is your month to really yeah, get really some good stuff in. Um, what was I going to tell you? So um, I think the other thing that's really making this awareness even more acute is, aren't you planning your mother-in-law's 100th birthday celebration? Yes, yes. My mother-in-law, Eleanor Joan Montgomery, will be 100 on February 26th. Wow, shout out. Woo-hoo! Swedish jeans. Swedish jeans, and she has um, her own hair and lots of it. Um, her own teeth. I've had beautiful she didn't patch teeth. up, did she? She never patched up. Yep. Um, she has no walker. You know she who makes us patch? Beautifully. It's, it's men, male doctors who make us, you know. And she's got um, a bright mind. She's current. She is just living great. Now, and can she read, Shauna? Like, read the newspaper? Well, here, read here's, a book? here's what has just happened. Um, we have her in a great, we call it the country club, but it's the Presbyterian um, home. And, you know, there's a connotation about retirement homes that they smell like pee and, yeah, and that you're they're dirty. This is a beautiful facility. And she has her own apartment. And believe it or not, oh, wow. she is living independently in this home. Now they do have a wing that if she were to get sick, you know, they take your over. So it's assisted living. But every day there's something going on there, whether they have a book review, an architectural review, um, someone playing the piano, um, arts and crafts. She's now at 100, wow. started her own business. What? So it's never too late. She and her uh, very dear friend, um, Arville, is making aprons. Oh, so I love it. it! The cutest thing oh, I've ever seen. They're darling. And people have approached her, businesses have approached her like bakeries, 
Oh, and said, fabulous. Yeah. yeah, so she's thrilled. Now, what's the design? She just does different, she gets material okay. that they have, and you know, it's you know an apron, she can do a half apron, she does, and she does a little pocket for your cell phone. I love, see this and gets back does, to like how sometimes the old fashioned stuff, I every time I have a dinner party, isn't or, that funny? I People, always wish I had an apron. And it's so she's really and she's done it as gift ideas and it rolled into this business. Good for now, her. Now the only thing that's really been bad and you know I look at her and I think she's always you know so current. I think a lot of it has been that this home has really helped her stay. You know the people are living a lot longer because we all know that we know more about medicine, we know more about our health, we know more about exercise. So to have someone live to a hundred is not so unusual anymore. And for my mother-in-law, I mean it's she pretty is special. Great. Now, the problem of it is she's losing her eyesight. You know, you're, when you're 100, things start to right, go, whether it's go. your hearing, yeah. whether it's your eyes. That's like the first thing. But her right eye is starting to lose some of the vision, and it's very, very upsetting. And isn't it funny? It's upsetting to her when I'm looking at her. I'm thinking, but, Mom, you're 100 years old. People have had hip replacements. They've had, you know, joint replacements. They can't walk. They're in wheelchairs. They're on walkers. They're on oxygen. Yeah. They, they can't speak. Right. They, they have dementia. Right. So to lose one eye and still have one really good eye, you can do a magnifying glass. You can do, you know, that's still okay. You know what you should get her for... Uh, her birthday, you know those glasses that um, Joni, the gal that does our eyelash extensions, uses. Yes, they're like super, super, super magnifying. They're clear. Have you seen her? Oh, I didn't. When even she see does her. it, no. Oh, they're fabulous. I'm like, oh my god, everyone I know needs these. Oh my god, they. Does she have them. She wears them when she puts on eyelash extensions, and they're just like they look like reading glasses, but they're clear without a frame. And you, you put them on, and, and oh, I'm going to talk to her about. You could that. see anything. I mean, you could see your own DNA. Oh, I'm digging that. Anyway, we're doing a huge celebration. People are flying in, as you can imagine. She has all these grandchildren and great grandchildren and great great grandchildren. So everybody's flying in, and That's we're marvelous. going to do. You know, people are putting videos together. Um, the kids are, you know, doing a song and dance. Um, someone's doing a poem, and so it's, it's going to be a great. Celebration. Well, I, I was thinking about you last night, and I just started, you know, Googling, like, if you were born 100 years ago today, you know, what were you wearing? What was, you know, what did you listen to? What, and I thought, oh, that's so cool, like, to just do a 100-year-old birthday party. Well, that was so, so cool. helpful, because I went in after you said, Whitney emailed me and said, you know, do the hottest foods of 1913. Do the music of 1913. You know, what was happening? You know, worldly events. Al Jolson was big. 1913. <laughs> so we're doing that, and we're going to make it really bright and colorful and really festive. And um, we're going to do a big, huge, badass cake. And uh, it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be a really it'll almost almost be like a family reunion on my my husband's side. Did you see the cake I sent you that looked like the front yeah. of the New York Times? Yeah. But you know what? I saw also Betty White just turned I think 91 or 92. Oh. And I, I think we're going to do a colored tear. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so it'll be fun. So, so what are you going to do for centerpieces? Centerpieces is what I was thinking of. You know, I wanted to do at first hang things from the ceiling, but at the home they won't let us hang anything. So I'm thinking of doing big... Is it my give them ideas or... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, leather basket. Um, our big vases that have, you know, a wide mouth, tall that have a wide mouth on the top of it. Yeah. And then do a big orange colored ball with 
big, you know, colored pink flowers coming out. So keep it high and then maybe do some low. Ooh, I love that. Throughout the room. You should get those styrofoam balls and have them completely done yes. with carnation. So it's like a big topiary ball that That's right. sits on top of the vase. Yeah, That's that right. would be very cool. That's right. And we're going to do all bright yellow. Bright I'm going to do bright yellow, pink, Especially purple. Yellow. I think colors, you're right. It's so great. It needs to be colorful, colorful and hot yeah. and stay away from black. Well, you don't want it to look like the you know gay parade either. And I, I went to this resale place, and I have to tell you, they had all these really great artificial flowers, and I'm not a great artificial flower fan, but I think for this, I kind of thought, you know, we're using everything that won't die. Are we you don't kidding want, me? We don't want the, grandma to the, die. The artificial, well, we should say the silk, there's silk flowers now. Right are phenomenal unbelievable i mean you of course we know that i'm blind because i i cannot see without my glasses on hence i just had my hair done and my hair is orange because i was yeah, using tell, this stripper clarifier shampoo well tell me that you use extensions and um i uh, have used you know had extensions for the last i don't know 15 years um i have hashimoto's disease which is a severe form of hypothyroidism oh my God. and another disease. Um, another disease and my hair just doesn't grow I mean I really I have no hair and so I get extensions and you know it takes six hours to take them out six hours to put them back in but when she takes them out she gives you this shampoo that clarifies your hair before she then puts on the colors the so color it's stripping the color out it's, it is a deep deep clarifier so it strips some of the old color the residue from the bonds, all of right. that stuff. Well, it's the exact same shape as my Paul Mitchell um, shampoo. And in the shower, clearly, I'm not wearing, you know, glasses. So I've been, the three shampoos I've shampooed, and then last night I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, my hair is, you know, brassy. What happened? I go into the bathroom and I realize, like, what the? Oh. I've been using that stripper shampoo. Oh, you know, and you it, just had the extensions put in. And so it's now, just, you know what? I'm so it's like I'm so sick of it. It's so, it's time consuming. It's you know a lot of money. It's hard it's to just, sit there that long. It's always something. Oh, that it's is always so something. funny though. But I said this last time to my husband. I said, you know what? I don't, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, absolutely not. I mean, he hates short hair. Well, you know what's so funny? I was thinking, and I was coming back. Oh, by the way, I have to ask you a question. But anyway, I was coming back from this party and I thought you know what I think I'm gonna go really short because I used to be really short too and my husband said over my dead body <laughs> only people that go short no he likes the short hair you gotta be really thin you do that's true so another reason why I'm still detoxing no but you know what? wait have, I like, have to ask you a, you a personal question from Zeus man I to, mean you've got the my best dear, hair of all thank you and it grows really fast thank you and that's one of my yes I've never worried about my hair but anyway I have um, my dear Jewish friend Wit, you gotta tell me. I'm going to when somebody dies that's Jewish, yeah. Is it a Shiva? Well, you first of all, it, when someone passes away and they're Jewish, they need to be buried quickly. So we don't do a wake. That doesn't happen. So typically what happens is you go right to um, a service and that service is a closed casket, obviously. Well they're doing an open they called it I, I got an email. Um one of my friend's grandmother passed away, and which was very sweet grandma. Um, she was 98 also, but she passed away, and I feel I should go, and they said open house from 5 to 8. Okay, that's a sh that is the shiva, and what happens is after the burial of, um, of the, your departed, you go to um, either the person's home or a family member's home, 
sometimes they'll have you know take so will do she it at already be buried? Yeah. So you're going to the shiva, and um, depending on. Um, did I tell you that Friday when we ran into my yes, friend Terry? Yes. But wait, go back to this. I'm giving using this example. Oh, okay. Um, we ran into one of my dear friends um, in the elevator. In the elevator, gave, gave her a big hug. Um, her name is Terry Lind. She uh, started the Lind Sage Cancer Foundation, and just one of the most admirable women I know. I mean, she really um, has changed so many people's lives for the better. Uh, through so Lynn Sage, you ran into her and gave her a big hug, and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" Because you know she's usually in Palm Springs uh, for the winter, and she's like, "Oh, I just came in for a couple of days, and you know, um, you know, I'm going back." Well, lo and behold, that night her husband in, was in Palm Springs, got hit by a car. He was changing a tire, and the streets were dark, and just for a split second, turned his head the wrong way, and. I mean, devastating, absolutely devastating. And, you know, like I said, this, you know, woman is just, she is an amazing, you know, Lynn Sage was her best friend. And when uh, Lynn passed away, you know, Terry started this foundation. And um, so my thoughts and prayers go out to Terry. But um, I didn't send anything to the Shiva to answer your question because I knew it was going to be just a cast of thousands. You know, typically you send, you know, um, a beautiful tray of dried fruits or, you know, sometimes people, you know, send a deli tray or a really nice box of chocolates. You send something that, you know, can be shared with the people that come over. And um, so, yeah, I didn't. I, I sent her a card and then um, they also had, um, you know, in lieu of flowers, you know, to send a donation to Lynn Sage uh, Cancer and uh, breast cancer. And uh, so, you know, it de really depends on the person, but I would say probably in your case, it's, you know, I would send something, you know, nice. Anyway, so tell me what's happening. What's going on with um, the move and your mom and dad? I have not seen my grandmother in 20 years. Well, let me ask you something though. I don't understand that because she lives in Florida. Yeah. Your parents are down six months out of the year in Florida. Yeah and they're bringing her here. So when your parents go down to Florida, well, it'll this, be, I mean, is it because most of your family is here? This is the challenging part. And does um, she have friends in Florida or no? Most of her friends, she's outlived. Oh, you know, see, that's she, what happens. She has uh, one friend and she's outlived everybody else. And what happened was, you know, I guess around Thanksgiving, she could walk, she was fine, you know. Um, but now she's bedridden. Like, it, it's nothing specific. It's just her legs have given out. You know, it's like things start to give out. It's just wear and tear. Right. Your body just, um, it, it says. But, you know, and, and this is just, you know, when I was uh, 30, just right, right around my... This is your dad's mom. No, this is my mother's mother. And, uh, you know, the entire family doesn't speak. And this all, a whole big thing went down when I was around 30. And my mother has three younger brothers. And are not, they around? Well, they all live, you know, it, they're, they're all around, but nobody's seen her either. None of them. Oh, that's so sad. Um, it's sad. Uh, you know, I always send my mother money for her. But at why wouldn't those kids, why wouldn't her kids see her mom, see their mom? Oh, God. Um, this is something I've never told you. Uh, around the time when my mother was 12, her father 
died. And my grandmother remarried. Now my mother had two younger brothers, and okay, and their father died. And then my grandmother remarried, and they had a child. And I think this was right around, around the time I was 30. My mom, he said, can I come over? I need to come over. And I was like, yeah, sure. Your mother said to you, I need to come over. Now my grandfather, my mom's stepdad, had been uh, he, you know, in the hospital and he had colon cancer. And uh, he, had, you know, he was dying and he was in the hospice part of, you know, he was in the veterans hospital. Right. And he was like saying things, you know, he was uh, very, very religious and he was saying things and apparently my mother was sitting in the room with my grandmother and my grandmother would be like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And my mom didn't know what was going on. And before he passed, he like confessed some stuff. Your grandfather confessed? My mother's stepfather. Oh, okay. Um, confessed some things that to her, to... Or to your mother. To my mother. Well, that was her stepfather. So what did that... Well, it had been my mother's stepfather since she was 14. Oh, okay. But, so that's... Okay. I mean, that's number one. But And remember that my mother has younger brothers, right? Um, and it's so horrible. I mean, I, it's... <laughs> I've ne I mean, we've known each other for forever. I've never even told you this. Um, you know, I've told you about my father's crazy-ass side of the family. But, <laughs> um, you know, my mother's family has a bit of this, too. Um, and what it was was that my mother's stepfather, my... Right, got it. ...was sexually abusing two of her younger brothers, the two younger brothers. And my grandmother knew it. But and never did anything about it. So, what do you do about that? Yeah, it's sad, but here's the thing. If somebody looked at my kid the wrong way that I was married to or living with, okay, you know, that person would be out, okay? This woman, okay, and my mother never knew this until he, the, until he's you know, did this confession. But were these were these your mother's immediate brothers? Yes. Oh my God. And the two brothers obviously knew, but my mother never knew. And the two brothers never said anything. And the brothers never said anything. They did to each other, and they did to my grandmother. But my grandmother. God, your mother would probably think, "How did I not know this?" Well, I think most people would think, how did, how would I not know this? But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know if that's, if it's, you know, you know, when you, you don't know what's right and what's wrong. If that's your reality, that's your reality. I mean, that's what you begin to think is normal, you know? Well, so that, what happened with the relationship between your mother and the stepfather? Because now the, her mother dies. So, no, well, no, no, no. Oh, no. My my stepfather dies. Right. And this whole thing comes out. And my mother is like, I have to tell you this. And, you know, I was always the kid. Like, I'd be over at my grandparents being like, why was I born into this family? These people are so weird. <laughs> like, I always remember, like, you know, and I think that's why I just, like, would pop off into, you know, actingville. Because right. 
I just never wanted to be there. I never, it was like, I'm different than these people. Why am I here? Why am I here? And, you know, there was like a lot of puzzle. You had your own sense of that something was not right. Yeah. And, you know, my heart just breaks for my uncles because, you know, it's it's like straight out of a breath play. Tuition it's like Mother Courage, you know, where she prostitutes her kids for her own comfort. You know, it's such a huge issue that it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Right. But at the time, there was a big family meeting, and I was part of it. And, you know, my mother's brothers and, you know, everybody sat, and, yeah, this happened. And they decided, you know, that unless she was going to apologize or try to make amends in some way, shape, or form. How could your mother, how could your mother's mother, that must have been, she must have had very, she must have been very afraid to lose the stepfather, very afraid to lose her husband for not coming. I mean, I, you know, that's the 50s. I don't know. I, I, I think. Oh, that's true. That is you true. Know, you know, she's got three. It's a sign know, of the time. She's got Stay three Stay with your man, and, be a martyr. And be a martyr. And don't say anything. She'd already lost one husband. And, you know, I, I just, I mean, to me, I don't know. It's just sick. I mean, it's absolutely sick. Of course it is, but it happens all around the world. Oh, I know. It's happening all the time. I know, but to answer your question why I haven't seen her, you know, oh. so, you know, she never apologized. She never tried to make amends. And I think, you know, what happened was that my bro- my mother's brother said, look, we want nothing to do with you, you know, um, until you are ready to talk about this and, you know, make give us well, some clarity on it. Well, I have to say, it. you know, I have to commend your mom and dad for reaching out and taking care of a person like this because they could be full of anger and they could just let her sit there and rot. Well, their their position is, you know, they're not to judge. That's God's job, you know. You know, this is my mother's biological mother. Um, she, you know, does, she's made sure that she's had clothing and food and a nice place to live and, um but she's had no, you know, I haven't seen my grandmother for a Christmas or a Thanksgiving. I haven't seen my uncles since all this happened Um, or my cousins, you know, and it just, you know, and it just angers me that now she's, you know, 93 years old and she's still, like she would, I don't understand. Maybe she's she's in a severe state of denial. Clearly. She has totally, put this way deep down inside and won't even confront or acknowledge it and doesn't want to. Right. I mean, absolutely no You know, now, now nowadays, in this day and age, you wouldn't even hear of that because that would surface sooner or later through your health. I mean, people just can't do it because we are so much more open. Right. So, And when people have those dirty little secrets, they can't. It, it affects them in so many bad ways. So my, my father <clears throat> has been asking me, you know, because she's now bedridden, so they've had to sell her condo and go through her bank accounts and, oh. you know, and so I've been working on this end Maybe with, she's with paying the nursing her, home. She'll be paying her penance on earth. But now tomorrow, that's what my mom says, but now tomorrow um, I have a meeting my dad and my grandmother at the airport, and you can see I'm physically shaking right now because it's one thing, you know, to not have seen her, you know, and like I said, send a Christmas card with money, right? Right. It's another thing now to 
see her and to be checking her into a nursing home and she doesn't want to go I mean it isn't she doesn't look at it she like a country to. club she well, has to she has to but you know I'm just so like nervous about it you know I just you know I just you know I don't know I'm, I'm doing it for my parents not for her why why would you be so nervous about it though because I think that a I hate the thought of like being 93 and bedridden doesn't seem that far off from my age to be real honest with you <laughs> you know I, I, you know, the whole oh, thing about whole thing. getting yes, older yes. and, you know, but it you scares know me. I, I, I think these are all processes that you have to go through. And I used to always be really, you know, afraid of, you know, the handicap and working with, you know, disability and kids and stuff. And I think this will be good for you. Just confront it and, and see it face to face. But the, and you know what? It's I a good thing that you, you're doing Except it. that it's not confronting about, it you're in the doing, right way. It's confronting it. It's confronting one thing, which is you know, right. my fear of getting old. But on the other hand, I would like to just rip her fucking head off. That's right. So it's that struggle of those two things that I have have me in the middle, where I just am so torn up about it. And of course, my husband is like, "Why the fuck are you even doing this in the first place? Are you, you know, what? Why, why do you have to do that? Why can't your mom and dad do that?" My dad um, is is do, my mom has to um, be at the closing for her condo, so they're dividing. Oh, and so you're going with your dad? Yeah. Oh. Well, you're doing my New Year's resolution. Talk about taking out of your comfort Dude, zone. Between the comfort inn Whoa. in Fox Valley and and this, <laughs> I am so far out of my comfort zone. I am I, so far out of it. That's just a whole... And, you know, we should do a show on abuse I mean, in, what, in all forms. Can you imagine? What, what the heck are you supposed to no, do? No, my thing is... I'm the oldest of the grandkids. I, I just what am I supposed to do? But I just can't see as... You're supposed to go out there and support your father is what you're right. supposed to I do. I mean, Sean, if I saw somebody in the street, you know, and, and they were an axe murderer, but they were in the street, I'd still go help them. So even though this is my grandmother and I'm deeply and profoundly ashamed... You know, I still don't want to see her, you know. Right. You could always put her in a room with some, like, slow carbon monoxide kind of going into the room if you wanted to. Well. No, I'm sorry. That's not I, even you know, funny. I, the news today, they're like, you know, two women found dead of carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, thank you. Tune in at five to see how, to see what happened. Well, what do you mean, what happened? Wait, Check let me ask you carbon monoxide thing. Detectors, everybody. Note so, to self. My, my, on that whole situation, is my heart really goes out as a parent I'm trying to put myself into your grandmother's shoes as a parent if I knew that was going on and my husband was doing that to I've my had 20 two, years to think about wait this, to my two and there's sons, absolutely no justification absolutely no. I don't know if I could keep quiet uh, of course, I mean, there's no, well, we know I couldn't shut my fucking mouth, but there's absolutely no justification. I mean, I've thought about this to the nth degree over the years. There's no justification for it. Unless she just really didn't, I mean, make, oh, that's just such a therapist moment. I mean, and I remember being, that makes I, me so sick inside. I remember being, you know, in my parents' living room and my uncle's looking at her and saying, you know, don't you remember this? I mean, it was like, come on. I mean, you have to, you know. Have the have the boys ever confronted her? Yeah, they did confront her. I mean, I was in the room, you know, and she, and it was like denial, how ha denial, How denial. have their lives been since all this? Have they gotten through it through therapy, and are they living healthy? And A, I don't really know because I haven't seen my uncles in 20 years either. 
be. Um, you know, what I do know is that, you know, they're brilliant. You know, I, I know that my mother's next um, youngest brother, you know, her his son is a doctor at, at a major hospital. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But we're stymied by feeling less than. Right. And I think, That's you know, so true. I could see why my parents were drawn together because, you know, my father had this psycho mom and my mother didn't even know she had a psycho mom, they, but there was there like was a healing that, kind of thing for the two of them. And that's probably why they've stayed together for so long, because they have this bond. They're a team. They're a good bond. team. Yeah. But to have all this come out, I mean, you can't even imagine. I, oh. I just, you know, and I just... I mean, like, it just is so sordid. It's one thing when you don't... You and know, there's so many people involved. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're thinking of the of the two boys, and then you're thinking of the grandmother, and then how it's affecting your mom and your father, and, I would and how think it's affecting like, you. And at 93 years old, I mean, come on, why wouldn't you want to heal this? I mean, why would you let 20 years go by and and leave this festering wound? You know, wouldn't you want to at least yes. try to slap a bandaid on well, it? Well, I would a because face? you know what, I couldn't live with myself if something like that happened, and that's just right. in my being. Right. But I have to say, when those people were in that day and age, getting back to that, they weren't they weren't born like that. It's very it wasn't tough like, to practice not being judgmental, but like I said, I I understand the history of the time. I understand the who, what, when, where, and I, I understand it's still, that you can't justify. But it. there's no. I mean, there's just no. You know, it's your child. You know, I, it, it just, I can't, you know. So for me, like I said, I'd like to rip her, you know, head off. And on the other hand, you know, I need to help my dad. Well, God bless those. Your, your, and the, it's my dad's her, birthday. Happy birthday, dad. Oh, no. and the mother-in-law comes in. You know, won't that be fun? It's the mother-in-law. But I do have to say for those, your um, uncles, you know, kudos to them to picking up and putting their bootstraps on and, you know, just going on and being successful. Well, because a lot of their, people could have done the... Well, they've had... I mean, they didn't become what they could have become, but they're the next generation. Their kids have. Every generation will get better parents, and better. You know, excellent parents. So it's kind of like... And you know what that sad part is? That is a haunting. That's always there. It's a haunting. It's, it's always... It's like the elephant in the freaking room. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine, and, and my mom was saying that the doctor was saying, it's going to be great for you to be in Chicago, your family's there. You know, it's like, no, it's not. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to see her. You know, nobody wants to bring her flowers, you know, or chocolates or have a birthday party for her. No, of course not. No, weird. So can you imagine all these people in her life must think that, you know, we're all the most selfish people on the earth or something? Okay, Wasn't that, is, that a happy story? Well, no, I have to say that's going to be a whole nother show, and I know Shelly has some pearls oh, of wisdom on that. Oh, could we avoid that? that? I, I mean, honest to God, how long have we known each other? I, I, this, and I'm telling you, it's the it's the anger and the sadness combined, and really not knowing how to deal with it in a way that makes me have closure. Um, you know, it, it just, you know, I'm somebody who likes to confront things and deal with them and, right. you know, um, but I'm so done with thinking about this. I mean, I, I really... Good, because you have thought about it and maybe other people haven't. So that is a really healthy thing. Well, I, you know, I fully intend to, you know, get her room set up and, you know, I went to the container store maybe and I, you know, got a bulletin board and, oh. you know, got a plant and, you know, bed jackets and... Oh, you know, my but, God. But it's like, again, 
I don't know how it's like I'm just there's no emotion being, there. I'm just gonna be open to it. the experience the emotion is like I feel just all tied up about it I part of me feels like I should say you know screw you and part of me feels like I'm doing well I know I'm doing this to honor my mother that's right you know that's right so. You're listening to webtalkradio.net. So next week, we are going to be talking about, because we'll be getting close to Valentine's Day, we'll be talking about our loved ones and what they mean to us and how we want to express our love. That's right. And uh, I'm reading, if you guys all want to go out and get this magnificent book, which I will be giving to the girlfriends, um, it is called She Matters. Ooh, I like it. It's a life in friendships. And it's written by Susanna Sonnenberg. And uh, it is, uh, you know, the book is, is how Susanna fearlessly examines her female relationships since childhood and uh, brilliantly, articulately, uh, the ways each sustained, sometimes devastated, and ultimately defined her. She Matters, A Life in Friendships is a dazzling poetic love letter to what women share an unforgettable memoir that you'll immediately want to pass along to friends. Ooh, I um, love that. Say so, it again, the title and the author. She Matters, uh, A Life in Friendships, and it's written by Susanna Sonnenberg. Great. Everyone have a good day. Bye. Bye.